This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. since the last dog walk oh good god it's been a while since i did something with my hair um and i thought i'd do a quick catch up this morning obviously i was away last week so there was no dog walk post wimbledon uh there was no dog walk ahead of rotherham post rotherham and of course sunderland um so i thought it'd be a good opportunity to try and get one done first dog walk of the spring and it is a fine fine morning up here in the lincolnshire wilds really is uh frost on the ground this morning now it's nice and warm i can hear tractors in the background somewhere so it might be that we get interrupted at some point if we do my apologies uh, it's also going to be cut a little short because i gotta ring my mum and just touch base with her after being away for a week and i thought i'd touch base with you beautiful people first morning brian rundle morning james biddles hope you're both well my friends here we go there is a tractor ahead of us so uh we're already going on the break charlie come here boy Right, hold on, people. Ah, oh, there, this is this is quality viewing. Uh, so, where were we? Um, so, yeah, uh, kind of going back, I think, at the beginning of uh, last weekend, so just ahead of the Wimbledon game, I think that we were a little um, apprehensive about points we might need from that game. We certainly didn't want to lose it. But I said, you know, come up a week on Saturday, the end of the Sunderland game, we could be in a position where we're almost focusing on next season. Dare I say, we're almost focusing on next season. 
Um, I don't want to be one of those people who kind of says something that, that spanners on the internet later get to, to kind of screenshot and say, oh, look what you said, you're a knob. Um, but I think that we're safe now. I really do. I think that there's, you know, there's a little bit of a way to go. I, I get that. There's still points to be won. Um, and and 2010-11 always sticks in our mind. Certainly as a come on boy, certainly as a Lincoln City fan, it sticks in my mind. You know, when you think you only need a point from the next few games, mathematically, you need that point. Do you know what I mean? But I think that there's enough evidence uh, from what I've seen certainly over the last 270 minutes of football to suggest that we'll get those points uh, in the coming weeks. So. I think the big one really was Wimbledon, wasn't it? And I, I wasn't on the podcast myself to kind of pick it apart. Again, I was away. Uh, but it's, I was going to title this The Good, The Bad and The Ugly because I feel that, um, that that's exactly what we've seen through the course of this week uh, is, is you know some good football, some bad football, and particularly in the case of Wimbledon, some fairly ugly football as well. So uh, just bear. Charlie, come here. Just bear with me one second. Wait, wait. Come here, boy. Come round this way. Morning, Jane. Shut out. Come on, Charlie. Come round here. This way. Come on. Wait. Come on. This way. This way. There we go. So, uh, so yeah, I think I think that it, it was it was ugly against Wimbledon, but we did what we needed to do. For me, that's kind of you know that's that's. Come on, let's go. That that's given me more hope for the future than uh, uh, than than a lot of the, the, the previous games. It's given me more hope for the future than say the Wimbledon game. It's given me more hope. Uh, sorry, the, the Morecambe game. It's given me more hope for the future than some of the others because we were able to win ugly. We were able to win nasty. We were able to win whilst not playing our best. I think that's a huge, huge thing for this football club. A huge, huge thing. Uh, and and you, know, you go back to the 2010-2011 season, and the one thing that we weren't able to do was win at all. Um, you know, you could play nice football. I mean, we didn't particularly, but you can play nice football and not win games. That's what we're doing this season. We ground something out. And at this late stage, you know, it is all just about points, isn't it? It's not about how you're winning games. It's not about what happens in two months' time when you come up against XXX. It's about three games now, between now and the end of the season, in my opinion, three games where you've got to take something from. Two wins and a draw, and that'll be that, I think. That gave me hope. The ugly gave me hope um, that, that, that we were able to do that. We then went into Rotherham and we saw, you know, the two sides of Lincoln City, like the two sides of a coin, didn't we? You know, flip one, tails were crap. First half, 2-0 down, can't defend, don't threaten, awful. Second half, flip, heads, Lincoln City come out, play good football, committed, harass, harry, challenge, and, and Rotherham, who will be a championship side next season, you know, were on the ropes. That game goes on another 10, 15 minutes. Lincoln City get a point. Mad, isn't it? And you think about it. Rotherham United, best team in this division by a mile, in my opinion, which, you know, is my opinion. And we, we didn't, we managed them. And, and that kind of gives me hope going forward as well, because we know that on our day, when we play our football with the right arrangement of players, all playing to the best of their were as good as anyone in this league. And that doesn't matter now. Because next season, it'll be all change. 
you know, players will come, players will go. So it doesn't matter that this team is as good as anyone in this division because it'll break up. But it was just, it was almost like, you know, I use this analogy quite a bit, but it was almost like bullseye, wasn't it? Where they wheel out the speedboat at the end after you, after your non-dart players thrown two with three darts. And they go, here's what you could have won. You know, that second half against Rotherham. Uh, sorry, the bloody tractor's coming again. Charlie, come here. Hold on one second, people. Come here. Come here. Wait. Wait. This is where the dog gets in the the video as well, while the tractor comes past. Yeah, so the second half was kind of like that. Here's what you could have won. Here's here's where you could have been. Uh, if you played as well as you, you could do all season. Right? I think it's frustrating and comforting because it's frustrating to think you know, we haven't, we're not actually that far away from where we need to be. But it was also comforting because it's the second re- season in a, in a row where the best version of us, in my opinion, is good enough to be in the top 10 of this division. We haven't shown the best version of ourselves this season enough. I buy that. I get that. I understand that. But the fact remains that the best version of Lincoln City in 2021-22 is good enough, in my opinion, to challenge the top 10. Just because we haven't seen it all that often doesn't mean that the ability isn't there. And what that suggests to me is, as I've said all season, Michael Appleton is a good coach. Um, okay, He hasn't always got the best out of the players. I get that. The coaching staff haven't always managed to get the players to the level they need to be all the time. But on our day, we are. We are good enough. In my opinion, you know, I've always said there's four teams worse than us in this division. When we play well, there's 15, 10, maybe 10, maybe 10 teams worse than us in this division. When we play badly, there's nobody worse than us in this division. Bad in the first half against Rotherham, good in the second half. And then you move on to Saturday. And look, for me, I got in a spat with some Sunderland fans. I kind of regret public social media spats. I'd just come back off holiday, you know, you you come back from the the beach walks and find yourself back at home and you get a little bit a little bit miserable and then you know people are having a pop at your football club just because they're not as big as their football club and you think oh grow up man you know that grown man in his in his bedroom with his hat on who very graciously followed us and left a message on our preview so i feel a little bit bad about it but seriously mate we didn't just raise our game for Sunderland we raised our game for all the big clubs we just can't do it against the little clubs it's nothing to do with you but this is the best version of Sunderland I've seen since they've come down. No doubt. Better players in attacking areas. And Patrick Roberts. Absolutely no business in League One. And I said that about Barry Bannon a couple of weeks ago. But Barry Bannon's approaching the twilight of his career. And the natural progression as you approach the twilight of your career is to regress. It's to go down. Get that. Patrick Roberts is not there. That's a championship player all day long. What a footballer. Great player. Jack Clark missed a few chances, but of course there's problems. The boy at the left back, 17, Sirkin, I think, come through the Spurs um, youth ranks, joined 
Sunderland. What a player again. Reminded me a little bit of uh, um, Norton Coffee, actually. Yeah, full-back, attacking-minded. Worked perfectly as a wing-back in the in the, to this kind of, what do you call it, 3-4-3, 3-5-2, whatever, but really, really liked him. Ross Stewart, constant threat. We kept him quiet with three at the back. Constant threat. This is a good Sunderland team. It's a go-for-broke Sunderland team. Patrick Roberts is on a six-month deal, I would think, to try and impress championship suitors. Jack Clark's on loan. If he does well, they'll Spurs will want him in the championship next season. So, you know, this is the final knockings of a Sunderland not generation. But, you know, that Sunderland team, if they don't go up, it won't be the same Sunderland that comes to us next season. Just like it won't be the same Lincoln City. So, interesting, that kind of that kind of demographic. I thought Sunderland, I'm going to be honest, I thought that they were borderline the best team that I'd seen at Central Bank this season. I thought that they they attacked with with verve and purpose, as a certain former manager would say. They had the flicks and tricks. They had plenty of opportunities to put the ball on goal. And they didn't take it. They had three shots um, that were on target. One of them, the superb save at the end from... Um, from Jordan Wright, who I will come to in a minute. But, you know, three shots on target for the attacking dominance that they had, particularly in portions of the first half and that first kind of 15 minutes of the second half. Oh, deary me. Deary me, three shots on target is not enough. And if they'd been, if they'd put two, three more on target, would have been 2-0 by, uh, by the time it got to the point where Michael changed it up. And, and that's me. I've talked all about the opposition and there's a reason for that. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes you just have to go, do you know what? We weren't bad because we weren't bad. We chased, we fought, we harassed, we blocked, we saved, we tackled, we hunted. We just did it against a better team. And it's the first time I genuinely think, I mean, we lost 4-0 to Sunderland a couple of years ago, but we could have been 2-0 up in that game had Brennan Johnson taken his, his early two chances. For me, it's the first time I think that we've come up against the Sunderland team where they've looked like you would imagine the Sunderland team should look. I think that's fair to say. I think it's the first time where you've gone, you know, they're a top team. They are a top team. And how that Sunderland team are not in the, the top two with Rotherham, I don't know. Because, you know, MK Dons are in the top three. And Jesus Christ. Do you know what? I think on our day, we're probably as good as MK Dons, in my opinion. And that just shows for me the, the difference and, of course, the inconsistency that other teams have. And we talk about Lincoln City's inconsistency all the time. You know, win one, lose one. You look at, at Rotherham, one of the best sides we've played this season, get beat at, at home against Shrewsbury at the weekend. Sunderland, that, that Sunderland side, with all their attacking prowess, you know, just on the cusp of the top six. Madness. Madness. Mind you, to be fair, you look at that Sunderland side's form and they haven't been beaten in, what, five, six, seven games? It's a good result for Lincoln, I'll tell you now. And for me, it's another reflection of what we could have been. Here's what you could have won. Holding a team like Sunderland to a draw because last season, that's exactly what we did, isn't it? At their place. Twice, actually, in the EFL Trophy and in the league. You know, beat them at our place, lost at their place. Narrow, narrow margins. And those narrow margins exist this season. Beating them once, drawn with them once. Yeah, so actually, two games we've taken four points, two points a game from Sunderland. Whereas last season, if you took points, yeah, we won one, lost two, and drew two. So there's an argument that you know if that is a better Sunderland side than we saw last season, 
and we've done better against them than we did last season. I think I think that gives you the reflection. And for me, that that's why this week really sums up Lincoln's season. The only thing it was lacking was a was a two 0 defeat against an utterly shit team like Gillingham. That's the only thing that it was lacking, and that first half against Rotherham almost reflected that. But you know, we've played a team down at the bottom. We've shown some fight and some guile. And if we've done that every every season, every match, if we've done that when we played, you know, Morecambe away or or Doncaster at home, and just well, not Doncaster, because that was completely different. But you know, if we'd shown that resilience, you can take another five, six, seven points from the season. Bolton away, could have drawn that game. Bolton at home, should have drawn that game. If you look at how we played against Rotherham in the second half, if we'd done that against teams week in, week out, another five, six, seven points. You had 10, 12, 15 points onto where we are now. We're knocking on the playoffs, not trying to avoid relegation, and it's fine margins. And look, the fact is we have had that season. We have been inconsistent, and there are reasons for that. And they're kind of what Michael has to look at now, aren't they? They're the... They're the things that he has to, and the team, you know, Jez and the rest of the coaching team have to look at and go, how do we combat that? I'll tell you how we combat that. One, settled back four or five, let's say. <clears throat> so first of all, you almost have to be looking at new centre-halves. And when actually I thought Jackson, Walsh and Paul looked great and you throw Monsmer into that and you think that's, that's a good collection of centre-halves. If we're going to go three at the back, you need five. And you need five that are going to be available 90% of the time. You can handle an injury now and again. You have to. That's football. But you can't handle Joe Walsh missing six months of the season. You can't handle Adam Jackson playing three, missing two. Now, the Lewis Monsmer injury is a bit of a freak. But how will he come back? Will he be fully fit? So, you, you, I like this three at the back. I really like it. I've never been a fan of three at the back. Do you remember we went three at the back for... Uh, the first game of our title-winning season at Northampton, we won 1-0. We got battered. We were absolutely battered. You know, it's the most one-sided 1-0 victory I've ever watched. Um, and, and, and almost immediately, you know, at the time, Danny changed it. I think Michael's been brave to change. It's the first time he's really had the personnel, uh, he says. But actually, you know, if Joe Walsh isn't fit, Sean Rowan is already impressing at Drahida. So that could be interesting as well. Remember, he's got to come back. I still think a new centre-half. Wing-backs, you've got to re-sign somebody like Norton Coffey. We won't get Norton Coffey next season. He'll be playing in the Championship. That's fact. He'll be on loan in the Championship, if not remain by our, kept by Arsenal. So I think we have to be looking for you know, another wing-back in that position. Cohen Bramall, actually, as a wing-back, doing very, very well. And we've still got Jamie Robson, who's been injured recently, been really unlucky this season. Since he signed, he's got to come back in the side as well. So the left side is is settled. You get that settled defence. And I think then you've got the basis to move on. And I, I keep saying it in my articles, but that three at the back protects the goalkeeper a little more. There's an extra body to block. <clears throat> There's an extra body back there. You can get one of your big centre-halves up if you need to. How many times recently in the last couple of weeks have we seen Joe Walsh make a rampaging run down the left channel or the left flank? Not something he's renowned for, but he's able to do that in this lineup because he knows that there's two centre-backs behind him. TJ Omer, not mentioned. Not mentioned at all there. Another player who I think there's more to come from. We know there's more to come from, let's face it. Not been a great season for TJ. Not be a terrible one, but not been a great one. And then that central midfield, and that's really, I think, the central midfield is where the major transfer business happens this summer. And people will disagree. You'll say, 
it's got to sign John Marquis. You'll say, we've got to sign our own wide players. You'll say all that sort of stuff. I buy that. That's, that's cool. Everyone has their own opinion. For me, it's the central midfield. The central midfield is why we didn't get promoted last season to the championship. Because when Liam Bridcut was out, we didn't control the midfield. And the solution has only just been found with the three at the back. But we haven't had a player who sits in front of the back four and who conducts the orchestra ahead of him with all the panache of a, you know, a major orchestral conductor. They're pulling the strings like the puppeteer. That's what Liam Bridcut does. They should call him the puppeteer because he pulls all the strings for the rest of the team. When he's out, Conor McGrandles doesn't do a bad job, but he ain't Liam Bridcut standard. Are we going to get a Liam Bridcut standard? I don't know. But we have to find a solution. We have to find a solution for that. And I think you know, people say Max Sanders, potentially, I think Max has a, a role to play going forward, or I hope he has a role to play going forward. But I think you need an old head. I think you need experience there. I think you need a player who, you know, is willing to sit, he knows when to fill in. And at the three at the back, there's not as much need for that. And I think that's why, as Clive Smith has just said, three at the back, two clean sheets, not a coincidence. It's not, but it, it takes the pressure off the midfielders. I said in my article, I'd like to see Lewis Fiorini back. Actually, I really like that lad. And I think I think he's learned a lot over this season. I think at times he had a, a tendency to look a little lightweight. I think he had a tendency to make the odd bad decision and he wasn't brave enough in the early stages. He didn't back his own ability and he's got ability. I think in the last couple of weeks, he's been very good. Sheffield Wednesday, he was outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Um, I'd like to see him back. But I think that there's a lot of work to do in the central midfield. Get that right. And then up ahead, actually, we talk about signing John Marquis. Yeah, I, I buy that. I can see why I said it. Get him signed up. Love to see him. If we don't sign John Marquis, you've got Charlie Kendall to come. Now, I don't want to put too much kind of pressure on Charlie, but he's scoring a hell of a lot of goals for Eastbourne. He won't come and score the same amount of goals for us straight away, but I think he's got a lot of potential. Ben House is a player who I think will be benefiting from being around our side at the moment. You've got Tom Hopper. There's the argument we can always sign you a lone player, and you've got to remember lone players will be a key part of that. I yeah, I like if we stick with this. I like the potential. It almost takes away two positions. It almost takes away those those wide positions, which under Danny Cowley were were massive. You know, we always had the wingers. We had the Janelles and the Cameron Stewarts and the Jordan Maguire Drews and the Nathan Arnolds and. Yeah, we were just constantly overloading those wide areas and that can take up two or three lone players as it did last year with, with the likes of Brennan Johnson and, and Harry Anderson was playing and we had Theo Archibald and we had Zach Elbazetti and you know, when you play the 3-5-2, you take those away and you put all of the emphasis on those wing-backs and I think Cohen Bramwell can actually stomach that. He can handle that. So there's stuff to look forward to next season. And yeah, I like Michael said he won't change his football philosophy. And people took that as obstinance. People took that as arrogance, as being stubborn. You know, he won't go to a plan B. Actually, he will. He's proven that. Change the tactics. Change the tactics during mid-game, which it takes a brave manager to do, by the way. When you're under the cosh to a team like Sunderland, you know, and they've had three good chances to score, and you suddenly take a defender off and put an attacker on, that actually takes some bollocks, in my opinion. Because if it goes wrong, everybody is on his back. Everybody would be on your back after that. So take some bollocks. What he won't change is the way that we approach the game. We play passing football. We play it on the ground. We've gone long a little at times. And I know Michael isn't a massive fan of going long all the time. But we've gone long at times you know, to relieve pressure in the last couple of games. 
And I think that that's, that's okay. That's good. You, know, you don't have to get it forward by hoofing it from, from back to front. You can get it forward by running with it, like Brooke Bottle Coffee. So there's a lot to look forward to. And this week really has it settled my nerves. You know, if we don't take another point between now and the end of the season, we go down. But let's face it, the, an inconsistent Lincoln City is capable of picking up a point a game between now and the end of the season. You pick up eight points between now and then, which is what I've said. You know, two wins and a draw, give or take, you're safe. Some people think 48, you're safe this season. I think, I think it'd just be nice to get to 50 points for a sec- from a psychological point of view. Yeah, you know, I think, I think it, it's easy. When, when you're embroiled in a relegation battle, as we have been, you're counting the points and you think it's nervy and you think this and you think that. Actually, you get to 46. You look at some of our, in inverted commas, relegation battles of, of recent seasons, even when we were in the, the National League and one or two of those where you're kind of looking over your shoulder. When the season finishes, actually, it's a comfortable margin and you think, well, what were we ever worried about? I think that's going to kind of be be this season. I think when you get the 46-game table and you look at it and you see Lincoln City on, I, I predict 50 points this season. Anything over that, I think, would be good. And you see us on that and you see everybody else. on you know, maybe the, the gap to the relegation zone is six, seven, eight points. I don't know. I think that it'll seem like a much more comfortable season. Look, it's been a bit of a disrupted dog walk, this one, so my apologies for that. Um, I just wanted to get a bit of something out. I would have done one in Norfolk, but I had my good lady with me, um, and some of that signal on the beaches is patchy, and you know, when you're away, you don't want to be you don't want to be having a look at a screen all the time, do you? You want to be taking in the new surroundings. So, beautiful day today. Let me have a quick look through some of these comments from you lovely people. If there's any questions, that sort of thing, we'll deal with those. So, Brian Rundle, morning, mate. Great day for a stroll. Indeed, it is. James Biddles, morning, Gaz. Morning, my friend. Blake Hutchison, good morning from Tenerife. Wow, I'm on the telly in Tenerife. That's amazing. Look forward to hearing your views on the first game I've missed this season. Hopefully, you've enjoyed that. There's a written view as well. Mr. Lesman, morning. Hope you're well, pal. Mr. Addison, good morning. Good morning. Mr. Harmston, morning, Gary. Busy Saturday at Gwyn's again, I'm sure. You'll mention bringing a few more in. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I actually had a message, Bob, saying, can you stop mentioning Gwyn's? I couldn't get served at the bar this weekend. Um, so that's interesting. I need to know, by the way, are you opening after the game on the final game of the season? It's an early kickoff. We're planning on having a, an afternoon and evening in town. We thought we might come in Gwyn's and play some pool after the game. Mr. Wells, morning. Scully to leave in the summer, not looked interested since January. Disagree. Um, don't think. I hate this not look interested. And Stu is a friend of mine, so it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not not hopefully trending on any shots. I hate that saying because he has looked interested. He's just not got the rewards that he had hoped for. And in the three-five-two formation, you know, it's hard to fit him in, I think. But to say not look interested, I think is really, really harsh. Um, and I don't see, I don't, I don't see him leaving in the summer unless somebody comes in with a bid. And if somebody comes in with a bid and it's 500,000 pounds, you take it and you reinvest and you move on. Um, but I like Squally. I just, I don't see where he fits into this formation unless he plays the Maguire role. And Maguire's here for two years. Um, so he's got another year on his contract. So interesting. Clive Smith, great CMA and the players buzzing during the interviews after the Sunderland game. We look like we're enjoying our football now. Yeah, I think, look, do you know what? I think that the, the injuries and, and the selection problems that face the club over the, over the winter got everybody down not just the fans and you know it manifests itself in the fans have a pop at the players or the manager and there's a lack of ambition and there's this that and the other but it's just as frustrating I'm sure for Michael going in on a Monday morning and 
and being told this player's out or that player's out. And I think now the bodies are coming back and it, it is nice. And it kind of goes back to the whole point of this chat is, you know, if we had remained injury free, if we hadn't had the unlucky run of injuries, then perhaps we would have done better than we have. But it's and buts, that's what football's all about. Morning, Babs. Hope you're well. Babs has had COVID, bless her, and was meant to have gone away to Portugal and instead has had to remain at home uh, in Soham. So I hope you're feeling better. Jake, now then, Gaz. Now then, Jake. Positive result this weekend. Hopefully just a couple more wins from safety. Yeah, that's my gut feeling. Two wins. Draw. I think we'll be more or less there. Mr. Keneally, morning, pal. Very entertaining. Nil-nil. The groans when Morgan came on were quite audible, but I hope they shut up after his performance because he was quality. Brooke is different gravy and right. Must be about eight foot tall. Yeah, if you lived in one of those stately homes, you know, with the ceilings at like double height, you'd want Jordan Wright on your maintenance team because you'd save on ladders. You'd change all the light bulbs, you know, do the cornice on the outside. And yeah, I haven't touched on Jordan Wright to be fair, but yeah, up until the last dog walk I did, I would have been desperate for a, an emergency keeper. No disrespect to Jordan Wright, but very few senior appearances, none at this level. Just a worry, actually. He's come in and done very, very well. And a couple of very, very good saves. Dealt with the pressure very well, I think, of having to come into a team that's been conceding goals. Two clean sheets on successive Saturdays is as good as we've had. Aided by the by the formation, aided by the fact that it's probably one of the first times that we've we've had approaching a first team kind of centre-back pairing, a, you know, a dedicated left-sided centre-back, a good right-sided centre-back, a warrior in the middle. Helped by that. But, you know, let's not mask it. He still had to make some good saves. Andy commands his box well. He's got good distribution. Could be one for the future, almost certainly. Mr. Godson, morning, Gary. We're incredibly lucky on Saturday. Spared by Sunderland's profligacy in front of goal. Would you agree there are too many occasions when our midfield opens up in the face of probing runs by an opposition player in the manner of the waters of the parting, the Red Sea parting for Moses and the Israelites? Yes, I would. Um, very descriptive way of putting it. Um there is what well, I think again, that's where I kind of come on to the missing the Liam Bridcutley, of course, so the person who just protects the the back four or the back three, back five, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just wonder sometimes if you know, if we if we haven't quite had that. And you know, McGrandles does that well at times and then not so well at others. Um, interesting. Interesting. Uh Jake Tong again says Jack Clark was the one for me that was outstanding, talented. Shirked challenges, didn't like that. Morning, Gary. Got to sign off, has got to work. We'll watch more later. Is it concerning how few shots we have on target at home? What can we do to sign Marquis? Sign Marquis, one, matches wages, not going to be easy. Two, concerning about shots on target, not really. Um, for me, this whole home and away thing is a myth. You know, oh, you, you don't do attack enough at home. That's exactly the sort of pressure I think that, that was relieved last season. We didn't have the crowd baying for shots on target. I don't think that we take any fewer shots or more shots than we did uh, last season. I, You know, it's against Sunderland. And my Lord, honestly, it's against Sheffield Wednesday a couple of weeks ago. You know, these are these are games where you don't expect to get shots on goal. These were cup ties for us once before. You know, our, our previous biggest attendance, our previous largest attendance for the Sinsel Bank before this Saturday was against Sunderland when they were in the championship and we were in what was the fourth tier. So... That doesn't bother me. And I think there have been times like against Doncaster where you know, we had attempts on goal, not good ones. It's not about the quantity, it's about the quality. And for a, yeah, something kind of proved that, well, 14 shots, three on target. We had eight, two on target. 
So if there was any one shot on target difference between the two teams. I mean, there was a host of other things that were different, but that's that. Bob Kippers, listening to these Sunderland fans, I'm really starting to despise them. Hello, Gary. There's one or two that have got right on my Nelly, unfortunately, and I lowered myself to biting, which was a shame. Malcolm Johnson, would Paul now be considered a centre-back? Almost certainly. I don't think he's a wing-back. I think he's a right-back. I think that's a really distinct difference. And if we play three at the back, you don't need a right-back, you need a wing-back. So, yeah, I think so. Mr. Oxbury, morning, mate. What do we do about the injury problems? Adapting training methods, surely. Defence personnel must be a change. We talk about injury problems, but now we don't have any more or any less than anybody else. You know, Sheffield Wednesday had 11 out when they came to us. Oxford, as I pointed out, were playing a midfielder at centre-half two weeks ago. You know, teams have got injuries. The injury problems we had coming into Christmas were a real problem. I think there is an argument that the short pre-season break didn't help. I remember chatting to one of the players um, at the training ground ahead of the season, and we kind of he kind of said, you know, we had a, a short break. We we left, you know, we were away at the end of May, and we were back three three, three weeks later because the the relatively early start. So there wasn't a massive break. Lots of games crammed into the early part of last year. You know, I think we played Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday every single week for about 11 weeks or something silly like that. Don't think that particularly helped. Um, and, and, you know, it's not just us. When you look at the players that have left us, I did a, an article the other day, the, the players that Michael Appleton had signed and subsequently had then left the club. There was a surprising number of them injured. You know, you Tyrese, John Jules and players like that. That's not our training methods, is it? So I don't buy entirely that our training methods are reflective of our injury worries or vice versa, rather. I don't entirely buy that, if I'm honest. Um, I can see how it can be inferred. I can see how one or two players perhaps do not help their own injury issues by the way they train. I mean, I've seen Liam Bridcourt train and he's got two gears, full or none. Uh, and when he trains, he's in full. Uh, Paul Mark, morning. Gary Hutchinson. Yes, we were under the caution. and Sunderland couldn't argue that we've been on the wrong end of a heavy defeat. However, we do appear stronger in 3-5-2. We may have gone from riding our luck to creating our own. Look, we'll be fine looking forward. Should be better for a season of transition. Absolutely. Uh, and finally, Sid. Hello. Hello, Sid. Well, look, that's me. I'm going to have to ring my mother now and tell her all about her favourite part of the country as well as my own. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the dog walk. My apologies for the early interruptions with tractors. That's what you get when you're allowed to walk around private farmland. Um, and the position of the sun has made this, no doubt, a tough watch. But hopefully it won't be too challenging a listen for you. Thank you all for your continued support. Please don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel because apparently that's good. Um, or obviously you can get this on Podbean as well. So uh, thank you very much, everybody. Hope you all remain well. And see you again later in the week. Ta-da. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.